3: The month is nearly over. The 20th of February, what have we left? About eight days, yeah, till the end of the month. Anyway, we we're another full week in this month and a little in the next, of course. Welcome to the show. Hope you had a lovely weekend, whatever you did or wherever you were. And great to have you with us on Late Lunch this Monday afternoon. Let's get straight to business today. And I have a guest waiting to have a chat with me. And when I tell you, he's the man who owns Yummy Creams. It's a beautiful shop on Railway Street in Nassau. And it sells, oh, what a range of sweets he has there. He does ice cream, shakes, waffles as well. And he's been on the go around about 21, 22 months, coming up to the two-year mark. But sadly, Ednan Hamid is going to close down the business. Ednan, welcome to the show.
4: Thank you so much, Jerry. Thanks for having me and uh, our uh, business as well. very, very much appreciate it.
3: No, you're very welcome. But this is sad news because, honestly, like, we've had the feedback we've heard about it. People love your shop. They love going in. They get a smile. They get a welcome. Why are you closing the doors, Ednan?
4: Ah, uh, Jerry, you know what? Listen, first of all, I just want to say. Thank you to everyone, you know, uh, who's honestly from the heart, has given us sport, given us the love and the smiles, the kids, the banter, everything. It's just been incredible. Um, and then the last few days since we put it on Facebook, I just it's been very emotional. Um, I didn't realise there was so much love and uh, how much people would miss it. But look at Jerry. Uh, I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm i been through a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff in my lifetime. And uh, this is something that me and my wife did and my beautiful three kids. Uh, we had a bit of money saved up and we did it. We did a great job. We opened it up, blah, blah, blah. But unfortunately, with this um, these regulations and these uh, bloody rates and uh, VAT and bloody bills going up, and you know what, uh, you just say to yourself, why am I doing this? You know, and nobody's giving you that break. I say, you know what, Adnan or whatever the business is, we will give you this much time. Get your back, get yourself up and running, and once you're up and running, if you can sort this this and this out when you have a bit of money uh then go forward and, and and do this for us but no they don't give you anything they don't give you a break nobody gives you a break jerry you know uh, which is very sad
3: so the combination of i take it you you lease there you have rates to pay you have a uh, your vat and your taxes you have the energy costs as well that have gone through the roof which you didn't mention at all as well but the combination of the whole lot it's not viable is it anymore
4: not at all, not at all, you know, because we are working day and night. Uh, Jerry, you know, me, and my wife, uh, my kids are here after school. It's not, listen, last week, and, and I've no shame in saying this because I know I tried. Last week on a Wednesday afternoon, after 22 months, nearly 22 months of uh, business trading, all i had was 97 cent in my business account um after paying everything everyone all suppliers and bills and electricity and this and that and i still I'm first time ever i have been i am not able to pay my rent um you know first time ever um, i i am late on my rent and i and i was just saying, why A simple reason why the bloody costs, uh, like the sweets alone, uh, some of it. You just think, what is going on? Is gone up forty percent. You know, it, yeah. it's just crazy, uh, Jerry. You know, and, and it's it's not healthy for me. It's not healthy for my wife. Or it's, I don't think it's healthy. Uh, for any small business, bless them, you know. Uh, I I feel sorry for a lot of people out there. I really do, you know.
3: So 40% in the uh, product that you have to buy and bring into the shop to resell, that has risen as well. Another huge cost on you. Yes. Do you feel that, like, you know, and I'm going to talk to you a bit more about you, and you have a a long history of working across the board and you have great experience as well and business acumen. Do you feel... That the it's the end of the road for the small corner shop, the small trader.
4: I do indeed, Jerry. Uh, it's a pity, you know. My grandfather, uh, bless him, you know, he's uh, of course passed away. He, he well, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be here um, um, in Ireland. You know, he came to Belfast in 1957 uh, by road uh, from Pakistan. Took him three months, Iran, Turkey, and so on. And he settled in Belfast for a while, came to Dundalk, and then uh, opened up a restaurant in the 70s in... uh Navin in, in Ludlow Street. So we were always about uh, del boy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> we, <laughs> we always had that style, and we always had that thing. You know, uh, it was never go to the go to college or go to university, become a doctor or this or that. No, it was always the back of the van, get back at the van, go to the markets, sell rag. You know, we were in the rag trade for a while. And this and that, but look, Jerry. I'm uh, born and raised in Ireland. I'm going to be 43 years in Ireland. And do you know what? Uh, you are dead right. Uh, unfortunately, the Irish government um, and whoever the hell is in control of uh, let uh, running—it's not you running the business. It's actually uh, the government. Uh, the, it's the people who are um, the taxman, the, uh, the health and safety regula- and regulators. And so on. They're running your business now. It's no longer you and uh, those who have tried. Fair play to you, but I think that era is gone. Where do you know what? Where a family-run business, ah, we'll open a business, and you know our kids will have it. Their kids will have it, and those days are gone, Mm. Gary. You know, I'm, I'm really saddened about that.
3: So do you feel now, and and you have worked for others as well in your time? Do you feel you'd be better off to go and take a job with somebody else and have no worries and no responsibilities, with all the monies you have to find that you just mentioned to me?
4: Yeah, uh, Jerry, and that's that's the that's the that's the next step. Uh, unfortunately, regarding my health, um, uh, I had a health check as well uh, recently, and uh, they've told me. I'm not able to take stress anymore. And uh, what I, when you, if you're running what you're running, it's not good for you because there's always going to be stress. And mm-hmm. uh, this is one of the reasons that I just thought to myself, uh, there is no way in hell or I can put my family or my kids into this situation. But it's such a pity because the government doesn't give a crap uh, about your you, your health, your children, or how you're surviving. Uh, what do they want us to do to, to go on to the dole, which we're trying to avoid? avoid. Uh, we're trying to avoid every type of social welfare, but they, 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 they don't give us a choice. They want us to bloody just uh, get a job. Uh, I don't know. I, I actually don't know what they want us to do, Jerry. And I'll be honest with you. You know, I, mm. I've worked. I've worked. In the before this I had about seven to eight jobs uh, in the, in less than uh, uh, seven years um, I, we went through a very very tough time Jerry. you know and uh, mm. I worked 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 my wife worked as a carer I did scurdy, I worked in Carol's Irish gift shop I worked in a, a pizza place I worked as a taxi driver in Dublin um, and all I wanted was a break and all I wanted was just like every other parent every other mother or father all i wanted was to have my children settled um in years to come and this is the whole point of doing this business and making it happen in our own town Navin. but unfortunately the regulators and the and the the, the councils and the, and the tax the people and all these uh, they will not let you survive.
3: I want to say this to you. I, we all hear your frustration. And look, at. I want to acknowledge what you said there. You're a man and your wife. as You're not people who are afraid of work. You've worked very, very hard. And besides what you mentioned, I know you were involved in the clothing trade, uh, the food grocery trade yourself for a number of years. You ran a restaurant as well. So you're vastly experienced in this whole area and you have a lot of experience. What would give you a break? Just come back to that. I want to try and get to the number, of this what do you yeah. need what would have enabled you to sustain the business and continue what was the biggest asking like let's it, energy is one we know that the cost of your produce that you have to buy in 40% what other breaks would have helped you
4: Jerry, do you know what? Listen, of course, the rates is a big thing. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. it is indeed. You know, like our, like we're a very small business, uh, Jerry. You know, we're a very small uh, shop, and we're out of the track. And uh, the simple reason we took this is because the rates were cheaper. Mm. Right. And and, uh, and so on. Now, of course, uh, we we wanted to expand uh, and get into the food business, uh, into the hot food business, which is my passion. Mm. Um, as you said, yes, we were in the restaurant business and food business in Dublin. Uh, my brothers uh, still are. Uh, but unfortunately, I'm not with the family anymore and so on, uh, family business and so on. Um, yeah, and then we did start it I uh, did call the uh, health and safety people in Just to get advice And they were happy enough I uh, said, okay Adnan, you've got a bit of space there now uh, Which I took over the back And you know, you you are you would be able to do this and that It was fantastic mm. So I spent some money, Jerry. You know, uh, the last of our savings uh, We had spent And uh, did what we could Made it to a commercial kitchen I didn't have any more money left uh we did start doing the street food uh, and people were enjoying us. But unfortunately, you know what the health uh, people came in again to inspect and yes you're right, it is their job they're doing what they're doing. They came in but I was given a I am given another list.
3: Right. And, so what? Uh, basically, I... what you're saying is that you had so much, you spent so much, you did what was required of you, but then on a further visit, you were asked to do some more, and that was just a bridge too far for you.
4: Yeah, of yeah. Course, Terry, and you and know,
3: and you know, I, I, I understand that. And, and we have to say as well, Ednan, you know this from the business. We 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 have to have health and safety and regulations, you know, because oh, you yeah, are yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, in yeah. a very responsible business, and people must have confidence in what you do. But yeah, I hear yeah. what you're saying. So that presented a challenge to you. The rates are a big call and i hear everybody talking rates are a huge pull on people as well and you just mentioned the vat there of course you're always liable to the vat man uh, once you trade as well you think yes, there could be a, you think there could be a little more leeway there for startup businesses is that it
4: i i really do think so i think they should give you a bit of a break i really do you know uh, because look listen uh, when you're starting a business it's either with your savings or some people do do take out loans and this and that and so on but on, on a, they should give you a bit of a break uh, even the rates side of things should give you a bit of a break I do really think especially of small businesses uh, startups, they should give you uh, some type of break on on uh, VAT and taxes and this and that yes. but the way the country is going Jerry you know and you say listen of course the electricity is going up uh, there's nothing you and I can do uh, we were Fortunate enough to sign up a uh, contract with the electricity people uh, when we started and uh, we were at a, unit, a fixed unit price. Mm. But now it's just come to terms where your bill was, say, uh, three, four hundred euros every month. Now it's just come to terms that your bill is now coming to eight, nine hundred euro, a thousand euro a month. Yes. Yes. And uh, and uh, with everything else it's very hard, you know, Jerry. Oh of it really course is. it
3: is. Um you know? the, sh- the Shaffreys have been on to me to say we are going to miss Ednan and the <laughs> shop awfully. We are so sad to see uh, yes. him closing. And if you want to say anything to Ednan today, do contact me, oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight by WhatsApp or text. You had a burglary too, had you that didn't help.
4: We did indeed, you know, and it was in uh, December the seventh. Uh, I believe it was, it was December the seventh or the ninth, and it was a Saturday morning. Uh, me and my wife came. We were here about half eight, and uh, just the front window, the door window, was smashed in, and there was blood there on the side, and uh, you know, it was it was it was horrible, uh, uh, Jerry, you know, and. Uh, We weren't able to go in, Jerry. That was another thing as well. We waited on the guards. um, And uh, after eight calls to the guards, I had enough. Uh, They wouldn't allow me in. I said, it's my shop. I'm going to go in. I need to have a look, and uh, it was it was devastating. Um, things everywhere, freezers are open, ice cream tubs all over the place, and you know, mm. money was taken. My laptop was taken. The uh, waffle machine was messed up. It was just oh, there's no words, Jerry. Mm. I, I, you know, they were until this day. You know, we we uh, we feel violated. My wife feels scared. To after that to be alone here, uh, my children bless them. You know they don't want to be alone here. So things that I was doing while I was leaving my wife here, I'm not able to do anymore. Yeah, um, of course it's 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 a it's a scary. It's a scary situation for anyone, you know, Jerry. Mm. Uh,
3: But as as a family, as a family of, uh, you mentioned your grandfather who came to Belfast first, set up in Dundalk, then the restaurant in Navin, and you are more Irish than the Irish ourselves. (laughs) Do you ever experience any form of racism because of the way you look?
4: Well, Jerry, unfortunately, you do, you know, and and I think uh, I, I think if it wasn't no, it wasn't for my accent, you know, uh, people do, and and you do notice this, and bless them, you know, you do notice this when you do start talking, people look at you like. Uh, uh, you could see it in their eyes. Yes. Hold on one second. How is he speaking like this? <laughs> He's you know? one of us. He's <laughs> one
3: of us, folks. And there's yeah. so many now. And look, look yeah. at that look at that lad the weekend uh, yeah, yeah, setting yeah. the Irish record for athletics as well. Another one there of us. Know. And that there message you know, must you know. go out loud and clear to everybody. But as I say, your family are part and parcel of the fabric of Irish society. And um, Your shop, I want to say to you again, I, I've been looking at the pictures of it. It's beautiful looking on the outside. I so May I say be. the image of it? and and we took a tour inside as well that's virtual reality all yeah. the sweets you stocked yeah. the beautiful range oh you're going yeah. to be such a loss you know that
4: uh, yeah no yeah and you know what i do know that and then i uh, just want to say to the softies as well the softies have been amazing like it's like uh, softies, uh everybody's been so amazing uh, jerry you know and uh you know them by name uh, they come in they have a laugh and you know what? I think then overall, I'm thinking to myself, shit. I'm sorry, excuse my language, but I forgot to make money. Mm. <laughs> yeah,
3: well, really, you know when, you, when you tell me that you look in your. Uh, financial situation Look in on it the other day and you have 97 cent well i think that just speaks volumes you know and it shows to you know people think that people in business are creaming it all over the place it is hugely challenging for so many businesses and you are an example of one of those so when are you turning the key finally when 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 do you finish up
4: oh jerry i hope uh soon as i can because the emotions of course is too much um I am trying to, uh, to, you know, get someone in. Uh, hopefully, you know, somebody will fall from the sky and say, "Adnan," you know, there you go. Um, I'm trying to sell the shop as it is, uh, with the equipment. So, whoever comes gives us the best offer uh, for the with the delis and the ice cream machines, a whole lot in it. Do you know what, Jerry? I uh, I, I just want to go out and I. Don't want to do business again, and I just want to go back to maybe doing a being a security guard, or so on. Just. just look after my children and uh, my wife as much as I can you know
3: Ah it's understandable because they're number one in your life and you're a great man you really are and and thinking of them and putting them first all the way look uh, on behalf of everybody who's enjoyed your shop eh, even though it was a brief enough stint of 22 months and all the smiles you put on people's faces thank you so much you gave it a great shot you can walk out with your head held high it's (laughs) not easy it really isn't but you will be missed I will say that Yummy Creams Will be remembered for sure. I wish you well.
4: Oh Jerry, thank you so much, and thank you to Louise. And honest to God, I I, I, I just I just don't know how to say thank you at all. Tears tears coming down. Twenty four hours. I it's very very tough. But Lucas, I, I I really need to look after my family now. You know, and I can't afford to keep giving to those uh, that we don't really need to give. And I'm better off. Just
3: having a job. Well, good luck to you, whatever you do in yeah. the future. Ednan, yeah. Hamid and your family, thank you for yeah. joining me on the show and good luck to you.
4: Yeah. Thank you so much indeed, sir. Thank you. Take
3: care okay. of yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. It's uh it's sad, isn't it? Yummy creams is the shop. Beautiful shop for sure. And uh but there you go. The financial realities mean it cannot go on. And as I mentioned there to Ednan. The, the corner shop, the small little local shop that many of us grew up at as well, well, isn't the day gone there are very few hanging on at this stage Matt and meteorologist Siobhan Ryan is joining me here on Late Lunch After Two this afternoon you know Louise when Ednan said you know about Del Boy mm. I, I just thought of the programme they always said one day soon we'll be millionaires and do you remember at the end yeah. they did become millionaires so yeah. they did and Hopefully you'd, he you'd wish it for him wouldn't you? well he
5: did say he really mm. put everything into this and he thought it was his golden ticket but yeah. it's not obviously ah, but up. the only thing about about him is, and as he said, like Delboy, it's in him not to give up he'll start something else and he'll, he'll keep going
3: yeah absolutely absolutely
5: he has the drive
3: um, Paul Shields is on to me from the league oh you of little faith you didn't give us a chance against Man City I was there to see you do a favour come on the forest says Paul Shields not in the forest the weekend and you know I was despairing as you know about mm-hmm. Arsenal last week Yeah. anyway they beat Aston Villa in an incredible game 4-2 in the end and later on Saturday the afternoon Man City only drew it Nottingham Forest good man Paul we owe Forest mm-hmm. a favour for sure I'm actually going over to see Forest and Tottenham soon in London but I'll, t- I'll tell you a story about that another day but anyway Not
5: Arsenal
3: uh, I'm going to see Arsenal as well okay. <laughs> I'm going to see Arsenal and Tottenham <laughs> two weeks in a row I am, uh, th- there's a story about the Tottenham thing but anyway I'm looking forward to it and they're playing Forest but uh, yeah, Arsenal back top of the league mm-hmm. two points clear with a game in hand football is a funny old game but still there's a long way to go I'm not convinced yet Paul by any means thanks for getting in touch with us on the show um, what a beautiful family in yummy creams. We will really miss them and their kindness. If everyone working in shops was as friendly and kind, the world would be a better place. Health and happiness to Ed and his family, says a listener. Isn't that lovely? It sums it up, really. It sums I? them up and that's the esteem that they're actually held in. By the way, he does waffles. Are you getting ready to do the the oh, needful tomorrow? Don't forget. I did forget now, Louise, don't tell me you're buying the stuff that's ready-mixed. No, don't <laughs> that say that. Oh, shake. Oh, will yes. stop? Will oh. yes. stop? Pancakes are the easiest thing in the world to make. Forget about that ready-mixed stuff. I'll
5: try and make a pancake. I'm
3: coming back to this in the show. I'm going yeah. to learn you. I'm going to learn you this afternoon, I promise. I'll let you into a little secret. I've never been under as much pressure reading the weather just there now. I'll tell you why. Because Siobhan Ryan from MedErin is waiting to have a chat with me. Hello, Siobhan.
0: Hiya, Jerry. No pressure
3: at all. It was spot on, the forecast. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. That's uh, I'm relieved, I'm relieved to say the least. Listen, thank you for joining us on the show. And I'll tell you what started all this off, why I wanted to have a chat with you. I was watching it on the RT uh, News a a couple of weeks ago, I think it was. And you actually took on a a story that was in the newspapers about this beast in the east. And you know this, uh, that appeared... And you addressed it and said, hold on a minute. Do you think it was a ball hop or somebody just filling n- columns in newspapers?
0: Yeah. No, no, I think there might be a no bit of truth in it. Um, we'll wait and see now. But I, I did address it at the time because it was on, it wasn't on the news per se, but it was in all the papers, it was on the radio, and everyone was asking me. I was interested in myself. Actually, the journalist in the intel got in touch with me and asked me, did I know anything about it? But I said it, not at the moment in time. I said, it, but I handed her over to a colleague and met Eric Paul Moore, um, and he actually went through it. And there's a bit of truth in it. So, what's happened or what is happening at the moment is that you're getting warming up in the Arctic regions, and that's upsetting the normal flow up there. And it has, a, it does a few week lag or delay before it has an effect in the lower levels of our, the middle latitudes where we are, obviously. Mm. And the beast from the east. What happened then was something similar. So, um, now we had this stratis- sudden stratospheric warming in 2019 and it had no impact, zero impact on Ireland, but obviously it did for the beast from the east. And it can bring an influx of colder weather. Now, it's been exceptionally mild, now off the scale as regards to temperatures and exceptionally dry this February. It's not been like the last month of our meteorological winter. I know, obviously, in the the spring, it's spring in the obviously Celtic calendar. But mm. for us, you know, when we we kind of consider heat as a definition with regard to kind of which season we're in. But um, so I took it on board because um, I looked at the charts for the next two weeks when I was on then. And I saw nothing to say that there was a beast from the east. And that's realistically how far we can kind of get a feel for what might happen. Yes. But when you get things like that happening up in the upper levels of the of you of up near the poles, um it takes a few weeks for it to materialise if it's going to happen at all. But like from what I can see, um it's not impossible that temperatures next week could really begin to slip back. We kind of have to wait and see. There still is uncertainty. But um the first of March I would think it's a day to watch.
6: Oh, <laughs> um, I don't like
0: to say it, but just watch out for it. it like, March arrives in like a lion and leaves like a lamb. Yeah. I just think I, I'd earmark the 1st of March. I think anything could happen that
3: day. Well, you see, I saw you tweeting that or something, marching yeah. like a line out like a lamb, and then I thought, yeah. oh, my God, now we're definitely onto something here. There is, there is going to be a, a, a yeah. cooler weather period yeah. on the way. But look, let's watch this space. As you say...
0: I have to be very cautious. Yes. Because there's so much uncertainty. Yes. I don't want um, to fuel it either. We get through the next few days. It could mean that we get kind of a cold... Um, kind of set up an easterly breeze is possible. Whether we get snow, whether we get high winds, we got... Like copious amounts of snow during and um, East and the East. Like, I'll never forget it. I couldn't mm. get out of work. I was, <laughs> I was in or tea. <laughs> I yeah. had sleep in you know, and all. So, um, anyway, we'll all
3: wait and see. I yeah, actually I remember because, would you believe, I think there was three or four of us ran the station here. Yeah. Nobody could get in or out. I live quite locally in that and we yeah. could make it and uh, a few others but that was it. It really was unprecedented at the time. But here, tell me yeah. this in general. Yeah. We're great people, Irish people, for the weather. You're in a business that people love, aren't you?
0: I, um, yeah, I suppose I'm lucky that way. You know, um, I, don't, I don't know what it is or what kind of keeps Irish people so interested. Maybe it's because the weather isn't actually all that extreme that we can talk about it in a way that it doesn't. I know it affects our moods and our day to day, but n- not in the worst of ways. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and maybe we're just kind of poets and storytellers and we have like such lovely long summers like the daylight hours and I don't think we get necessarily huge extremes here so we can afford to talk about it with ease in general.
3: Yeah. yeah, And you know I was going to say that to you in my lifetime and people you know you do get extremes at times but generally Siobhan isn't it true to say that rainfall, wind, cold, sunshine, heat it's pretty this much the same year on year?
0: Pr- in, in many respects it is, in many respects. Mm. I, yeah, like, I mean, it has got warmer, that's for sure. Yeah. There's less frost at night. Um, I, I kind of love the cold weather, I have to say personally. If there's just some ornamental snow, that will do me. I don't want loads of snow. But I love the cold, frosty mornings when there's no wind. It's the wind I don't really love. So maybe indoors it's nice to hear, but outdoors. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think we're. I think it's it's a healthy thing to get a bit of cold weather during yes. the winter as well.
3: Yeah, and you know, yeah. it's a great introduction to conversation as well. The weather, you know that yourself, people, you know all the time. It's it it certainly brought up in most conversations. Do you have to feel many questions from Joe public? Uh, are you recognised a lot?
0: Um, a little. I think I am. It's hard to know. Maybe when I put on. My best gear, I'm recognised. <laughs> but if I'm going down in my jeans and, you know, if people don't hear the voice, I don't think they necessarily catch on. Um, but you'd be surprised. Uh, are you really would be surprised. Some people kind of um, take me by surprise who recognises me, like clearly, people who haven't lived in Ireland for a long time and um, who've come here and sought refuge or who've moved over kind of might recognise me. So you can't take for granted it's your typical Irish person who watches the weather. Actually lots of people take me by surprise. It's sometimes but maybe they maybe they're like more cool about coming up and saying hello. But like (laughs) most people are are very pleasant if they do recognise me and you know, we're all people at the end of the day, so everybody
3: feels recognisable these days with social media. That's true; <laughs> it is way. true. Yeah. But look at your prominent with your colleagues there on, you know, on the main bulletins through the day and in the evenings and on radio as well. But when you mentioned there, like you're out and about it, and and your days off or weekends or whatever, I'm sure people wouldn't copy at all. What about the outfits on on uh, when, especially when you're on television? Is that a challenge, or you know, to to look yeah. as you wish and what you think will this suit the situation.
0: I know, I know. They're 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 very they're very good in RT, they kinda of let you kind of adapt to your own style. Um to be honest, um, yeah, I suppose I suppose, you know, we get a small budget each year, you kinda of make that work. And then I might introduce some of my own clothes and I mix it up and but I suppose there's not there isn't a huge pressure, but I suppose you have to iron your clothes the night before that kind of thing. And <laughs> be prepared. And have something separate with you in case something happens to the outfit you're wearing Um, and something that's easy to to work in and to present in so um you're kind of wiring up mics you know and stuff like that and obviously the shot isn't actually a full shot it's a three-quarter length shot so if it was it was top to toe i think i would wear slightly different clothes because you never see the shoes so certain things don't actually work in that format and you may not think it Mm. but they actually don't look all that well so as a result i think the best kinda of look generally is something quite plain well, I don't know if I'm gonna wear something all that plain tonight. But like, you know, not not something not Overly fussy yes. kind of works, particularly when he's got all the background graphics.
3: Yeah, 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 and you know, I don't have to remind you. Sure, Jean Bourne was a legend. Everybody was watching I to think. see what Jean was wearing. I she you know, yes. topic of conversation. You know that like yourself. The individual, yeah. Yes. No, I'm, still, I'm still good friends with her. So are you, great. Go over
0: Christmas for
3: a nice ah, Christmas. lovely, lovely, yeah, lovely,
0: lovely lady. A Absolutely, lady. Yeah.
3: but you know, you all have your own personala. Personalities and persona. You know that, Siobhan? Like, we watch you and we look who winks or who does a little nod. You know what I'm talking about? And I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I
0: used to do the swivel at the end that was told for years, and <laughs> I think I gave that
3: up. I might reintroduce it. Oh, do, do. We love those little bits about you for sure. But just yeah. explain to listeners again, because I'm always curious. You know, when you yeah. come on screen, are you in RT or where are you? What's the story? Oh, yeah.
6: Okay,
0: yeah, we're in RT those days. Um, in a kind of a... Just like, say you have like a room in your house, you know, like a double room. It's rent the size of that studio. And there's nobody else in the studio. We mic ourselves up, set up the camera. We've no auto-queue and we go live.
3: <laughs> no auto-queue?
0: <laughs> and we go live. Yeah, yeah. So um, the late night, that one might be recorded because you have yeah. to get out at some point, you know, before midnight. That's yeah. a very, very late one. That's at around 12 o'clock.
6: and mm. um,
0: Very few people really catch that. But um, no, and we're on tea those days and the rest of the time... Uh, like I'm going into our tea today, I've been working from home um, the last hour or so, um, doing up um, graphics and a script for Nula this afternoon, she'll be on the four and the five. And um, so I work now, so your day kind of could be, begin at 12 till around 10 in the evening, it's a long enough day, and then you might do two or three of those in a row, depending. You get a day off, then you're back into Glasnevin for a full day shift, and then the following shift would be a full night duty so we work through the night eight in the evening till eight in the morning. So hopefully nobody sees me after that.
3: Well Siobhan, (laughs) we are in awe of you even more now when you mention that because you know yourself. People will say to you, that's a great job you have. You're only on the telly for a few minutes every day.
0: no, I work for really long (laughs) hours. Yes? Yeah, Yeah, I do. Yeah, like a lot of people but I really, like I suppose I realise how many hours I work sometimes when Mm. I can't, meet other people or coincide or make plans the same yes. way with ease the way some other people can in my mm. life well. but it's okay you know i um, have yeah. part and parcel of it and I don't mind I like having days off sometimes in the middle of the week you mm. know when other people are, are working you know um, Maybe I'm not geared for the nine five nine six, you know. Yes,
3: up. yes. Well, you yeah, wouldn't want glad. to be. You wouldn't want to be with what you've just told us there now.
0: Um yeah, I'd like to give up the night duty, but then I kind of want to give up the night duty, but I also want the time off during the week. So anyway, you can't have. <laughs> you it you every can't,
3: can't have it every way. It's simple as no, that. We can't, no. No, no, but you mentioned there that uh, Nuala Carey's on this afternoon. You prepare the bulletin and she reads yeah. it. So there's a distinction between meteorologists and weather um, readers, is it? Oh yeah, yeah
0: for sure. Presenters. Yeah, I mean. Um, Nela and I would she also do continuity. You'll hear her on yes. T e one, so she'll be introducing uh, different programs and writing up a script to kind of adapt to whatever might be on, and forward selling and stuff like that. So um her job is presenting and continuity, and obviously she does the lotto as well outside. Mm. Um she you know she's strong work ethic. so yes, yeah, so we'll work together, and when I go in there and it's afternoon, we'll have a little catch- up. sometimes we have a cup of tea together. And, um, yeah, yeah, so we work together. You would know, go both work from the other. Yeah, it's all good. I've been working with her now 11 years. I've been on OTE, so, um, you know, we're working together, like, a long time. So, um, great, great yeah, we friends as well as colleagues, yeah.
3: Yeah, good friends and colleagues as well. Yeah. W- w- how did you get into this in the first place? Did you want to be in the weather business always?
0: Yeah, I, do you know what? The funny thing is, I did. Like, I mean, like, it's kind of shocking to say that, you know, because, a lot of my colleagues may not have the same answer. Some people kind of say, no, I never did. And other people are like, I always did, but I really always wanted to be a weather forecaster on TV. Um, I like to remember sitting at the back of physics class um, in school and they had potential careers for like, physicists or whatever and um, I mean it's all like there's so much so many parts to being a meteorologist these days it's not just maths or physics it's communications and cop-on I suppose and mm. stuff like that too but I remember circling meteorologists and I said I'm going to do TV or weather I felt it's just a like you said there it's the part that it's everybody's story that I like and it's the one part of the world we definitely all share and affects us all equally so, yeah, I always did, actually. It's, it's a weird what I always wanted to do, what i
3: sure. And obviously, you mentioned all the skills, well, the, the the education and the knowledge, of course, and the other skills that come into play now. But going back yeah. to that point you made earlier, no autocue and you're standing in front of the camera, you obviously have to have a great uh, memory as well to memorise the whole thing. Oh,
0: yeah, school teachers did that part. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Write <laughs> out a hundred times.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, no, you were writing up the the graf- you, the script, Sorry, the graphics behind us. We are linking that. So I'll arrange them. I do have all the graphics obviously behind me and I'll decide the symbols. So everything you see behind me, I've worked on, I've done all the graphics for. So I know what's coming next in my head. So I put them in such a way that I'm telling a story and I'll link things. Like I make a full stop sometimes. Yeah. So I'm not constantly talking, but actually it's, it's a little bit easier than I'm letting on.
3: Ah, well, yeah. there's, uh, there's a lot of skill involved. There certainly is. Lister wants to know what course you studied. Was it a meteorology course per se?
0: Um, i tell you, I, went, I did uh, science, basically, to begin with. Um, I did physics, and then after that, I didn't go into Metairn straight away. I did a master's then in film, uh, film theory and production. And when I was doing that course at the very end after uh, graduating, there was a job in Metaeron advertised as meteorological officer. So I went for that. And then from there, I did a master's again in meteorology in UCD. I mean, I suppose I could have started as a forecaster then and there, there but I didn't. And um, yeah, so there, that, that was my, my pathway mm. into Metaeron. So it just depends. It's a little bit different for everyone. But the overarching thing is kind of maths physics and maybe some communications as well.
3: And it was always your dream and you're working your dream job now. Isn't that just fantastic?
0: Yeah, it is. It's great. Mm. But listen, it's a brilliant thing. Sometimes you could be limited saying that's the only thing I want to do. To be honest, I'm very interested in lots of things, you know, and if it hadn't worked out, I'm sure I'd be happy doing something else. But sure, it's it's brilliant anyway. Like, yeah, I'm delighted. Yeah.
3: Do you remember your first ever broadcast? Do you, do you want to know something? Actually, the
0: second person asked me this in the last couple of days. I don't. Do you know? I think, no. And I've been, I my answer was, I actually don't. And I think it was because I was doing late night broadcasts during the summertime. It was a lovely warm summer. I had to take over from John Eagleton, um, you know, doing his late night for him as practice or Jerry Fleming's or one of my other colleagues. And I think because it was such a slow introduction to going live, my mum says she remembers me ringing her afterwards. But I think it's a weird one. And we've got a new person joining the ranks now at the moment on TV, Mark Bowe, and I distinctly remember his first broadcast because I was kind of with him. Do you know what I mean? Helping yeah. him and giving him all the courage in the world, and you know all the above. And uh, but it's a weird. I do remember the whole time frame around. It. I've got it. It's it's very strange. that I don't really remember it. I well, think I just wanted to get through it. And I went grand. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I remember the aftermath of it. Um, I remember I was wearing a pink dress. You know, I remember the summertime. And. Um, But doing it itself, I don't really remember Mm. it quite as clearly as I would others, you know, for other people's first broadcast. It's a funny one. Funny, I can't really answer that the way you think the answer was. Look, you've
3: answered it, honestly, so you have. And look at all the broadcasts you've done ever since. So you're on the.
0: I remember so many. I think it was just, um, I think I was just glad to get through it, you know. Yeah. It was such a big deal. Like, I remember the beginning and the end. but in between, I remember just kind of getting through it. And I suppose I was just focusing on the weather.
3: Yeah. And before yeah. we finish, I have to ask you this one. Yeah. In all the broadcasts you've done, does yeah. any one in particular stand out, there, a weather incident?
0: Um well, I suppose the beast from the east, if I be really honest, mm. where I used, I used it there earlier, the word copious. I was like, how am I going to get a word in that really explains loads and loads of snow? And um, yeah, that one in particular. All during that um, episode, um, during the Beast from the East, I was doing non-stop updates during the afternoon, and I just found it really thrilling. Other the broadcasts, um, I really enjoy our like hot summer days because I love really getting the temperature bang on. Um, because there's so much you have to do in a day that during hot weather, you can. I think it's very doable to get the weather bang on, you know, because things are are moving around as quickly and, you know, but, um, yeah, a lot of the, the warm
3: weather, you know, I quite enjoy. I kind of get excited by that. <laughs> Good. Don't we all, <laughs> yeah, Siobhan? We all? Well, look, at, you're so kind to join us. It is a working day for you. And uh, yeah. I hope we haven't put the markers on another beast from the east. But let's see what happens We're after.
7: Guys, <laughs> I've earmarked the first of March.
3: <laughs> there you go. The yeah, we'll, okay, be, we'll be watching out with interest. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed Thank our conversation. Take care. Take care of okay. yourself. Bye-bye. 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 That's Siobhan Ryan there, meteorologist, with Met Aaron. Number one in the UK charts, Miley Cyrus with a big one, one of the biggest so far this year. She's there for a number of weeks. Will she still be at number one when the new chart comes out this week? Because it's looking like Pink's new one may knock Miley off top spot. That's the uh, surmising of uh, many involved in the charts as well, that Pink may come in at number one. But we'll see when the charts come out this week. Uh, Pinergy electricity, Louise. Who do you get your electricity from? I see Pinergy has announced the first drop in electricity prices. It's been up, up, up all the way. Seven percent reduction.
5: Is that? That's not if you have you're in a fixed contract though. You're stuck, aren't you?
3: I presume mm-hmm. when you sign up, you sign up. But anyway, they're saying from March they're going to have a seven percent reduction. Now I believe they're still. Um, you know, their prices will be still high, of course. And mm. they say it's still a volatile market, but they're the first ones to announce a reduction. So perhaps that's uh, a nomen of things to come for people, that electricity prices. The, the, uh, the wholesale price has yeah. dropped. So well, I've been long enough
5: waiting, haven't oh. I? Ready to pop the question? Yeah.
6: Anybody
3: Anybody's yeah. bring it down. Yeah, but you see, that's the way with these yeah, things. Yeah, put it up soon. Yeah, as you, you like. know yourself. Petrol, diesel goes up at the pumps. Bump, it's up in hours. But by God, they're slow bringing it down. That that's going to increase because you hear what the government tomorrow you'll know what they're going to announce. But it looks like uh, the uh, relief they were given on fuel at the pumps will gradually be withdrawn. So that'll mean. That the price up will Over go two up Euro. again, yeah. You know what I mean? I think we'll be back in that scenario. It is not easy, it's certainly, certainly e- easy. Uh, and listener on to us to say we were talking to uh Ednan Hamid at the top of the show. What a lovely man! Um, oh god, I, you know, there's a listener on there to say, and it's a really touching story and difficult. Uh, to for uh, himself and his family as well. But perhaps uh, perhaps he could write a book about his life story. Somebody there saying he obviously has a fascinating life and has been involved so in much, so yeah, much. So many jobs. Yeah, there may be some day for him, of mm. course, and we thank you for your suggestion. But immediately, it doesn't solve his problems. I'd say, you know, he's going to have to go and just look for work now. And, get, and, he, and he's a man that never shied away from work, I can tell you that. He's always willing to put his shoulder to the wheel. But uh, the but shop...
5: I think he's the... The first of two, I think there's another business in, in Navan that has also kind of put their hands up and says we're going to have to close as well, mm. sorry.
3: What do you think of the corner shop? You, your dad, you come mm. from, you're a shopkeeper's daughter, if you don't mind me saying that to you. And there are other people listening to us today who are sons and daughters of uh, shopkeepers who earned their living from the small shop and supported their family and worked long hours. I don't have to tell you about your dad, the hours yep. that they put in. is. It- you
5: know, it was a great time. It was a great time mm. because... You brought up, like Ednan said, he's three kids, I think it's 12, 13 and 15 or something like that. And they were all behind the counter helping him in the last yes. two years. And, you know, that bond, that connection. And then they're there actually meeting people. They're not mm. on their phones. Yes. They're not. They haven't got a virtual connection with people. Mm. They're actually meeting people face mm. to face in their own community. And I just think that's something that's very, very valuable and something that we're losing.
3: Yeah. And the, the, the future of the corner shop, as I said to himself it looks to be, mm. uh, it has been for quite a while, but really the end of, of the line now, which is sad to contemplate. Mm.
5: And it's because of that, you know, if, if somebody works for a large chain, they're working for it. But if it's a family and mm. if it's your parents and you can see and this mm. is their product, you're going to be proud of that and you're going to just have that little bit more kind of connection and pride I think in it
3: yeah you do of course and they played such family businesses played retail as well and in our community such a part over the years and uh, it's sad to bemoan their closing late lunch LMFM radio up next we're skewering is it skewering or skewer-during please
5: (laughs) I don't know what it is skijur, ski but it could be skewer. I, I that I
3: got the right pronunciation there be by absolute accident. <laughs> anyway, it's something to do with snow. Stay with us next. You might remember back in 2020. Sure, I don't remember what I had for my breakfast. And I'm asking you to recall 2020. What am I like? But anyway, if you do and you're a solid follower of Late Lunch, you may recall that uh, two people from County Mead, Susan Oaks and Barry O'Brien Lynch, headed to Canada And won a prestigious world title. They did indeed, just before the world shut down because of Covid. Well, when I tell you that the pair are reunited, training hard and heading back to Calgary in Canada this coming weekend to defend their title. Well, there's a story in this for sure. Welcome back to the show, Susan and Barry. Thank you, Jerry, for having us on. Not at all. You're very welcome. Uh, w- let me say it again. I was getting me choppers rounded before the break. Ski touring, is it? Yes, yeah, ski touring. So, oh, not bad. No, right. Not bad. We're nearly there. Well, explain to our listeners for the newbies and others who may have forgotten what is it all about, Susan.
7: So it's uh, racing a horse on the snow, and I ride the horse or whoever's riding the horse, and then we're pulling a skier behind us. So Barry is the skier
3: that I'll be pulling behind. So you have the upper hand. You're higher up on the horse. You can see everything in front of you. And Barry has to... <laughs> <laughs> what does Barry have to do? Barry, are you there? I am. Barry, has, Barry
2: hasn't a whole lot to do. Barry has to stay up, hold on tight, and eat snow.
3: <laughs> I'll tell you, Barry, I think you drew the short straw. Susan, would you agree? Has he the toughest end of this gig? Yeah,
7: he has the kickback of all the snow so (laughs) he has a tough one there and I have to hold the rope and he has to hold the rope too so yeah it's it's really uh, an amazing sport and we're very grateful to be invited back to take part
3: oh, absolutely i think i'm thinking about the pantomime horse here when you're at the back you're in trouble <laughs> at the front you're a little bit i might be getting a little confused there but seriously susan you're going back to the fender side when you won in 2020 you really did wipe everybody's eye didn't you
7: yeah, we were like the Jamaican bobsleigh team, cool runnings. Um, we went out there. We had just practiced on uh, with a tractor, a massive Ferguson, a roll of carpet, and a child's sleigh. Um, so, and we rocked up out there, and everyone was laughing at the Irish team um but when we won, everyone was gobsmacked it was it was quite incredible
3: Barry and they called you was it tractor man or tractor guy they called you
2: uh, yeah yeah hey, hey that's the tractor guy <laughs>
3: Somebody
2: uh, yeah. there, there was a, there was a, we, we somebody done a little video of us and we we posted it up onto the ski shore, um onto their instagram page and sure, it it took off from there they couldn't believe uh that, that for them, it's alien not, not to have snow in winter. They couldn't believe that we don't have snow mm. and they couldn't get their heads around not being able to train. And anyway, we had to come up with with some sort of a, a way to try and experience the, the pull of of a horse going, you know, from a standing start to go to full gallop and how that transfers into uh, getting the inertia, getting getting moving on the skis, just to get that first initial pull yeah. uh, and experience that and, and find out how deep you have to sit or... Could you stand up straight or just try and play around with it um, mm. to see what's, what's the best position to get moving on.
3: But here's the thing Barry this time I believe you've adjusted your training slightly you've modified what have you done?
2: Well what what we did this time was because uh, now we went out there and did it so we realized that, that the pull isn't that hard when the skis are on the snow you, you, it, it actually you can glide quite quickly so we just once you take that first initial pull so um, basically it was just just all about uh, trying to figure out what way Susan can get balance as well because she has a lot to do with the rope as well she used to steer the horse with one hand she used to take the rope onto the pommel of the saddle and so we said right what we'll do is we'll just uh, we'll cable tie a couple of skateboards onto skis and uh, get practicing that way so we were betting up and down the avenue here um, and <laughs> with our skateboard and, she, and the
3: horse. I don't mean to laugh, but did anyone video it? Have you have you taken a video of this training? Oh
2: I'd say that a few people have videoed <laughs> did, it at this stage. people people passing up the road see it and I think they start taking videos. <laughs> what this
3: pair at What is going on? Have they lost the run of themselves? Susan <laughs> Oaks and Barry O'Brien Lynch, what is going on there <laughs> at all? Oh, but su- go on I think they're used to it uh, at this stage by this stage, they are they are of course but anyway you've adjusted your training susan this time around you know th- there's a, a bigger entry there are more people have entered this because this is a growing sport we have to say in north america and canada does it you know when you you're the champions you're up there to be shot down you realize that susan
7: yeah we do indeed um i'm going to go a day earlier So that I can, I have a different horse this year to ride. So I want to get there and instill in her that she's the best horse there. So that's really important for me. And also I'm not used to riding on snow only that one time. So again, I need to get my act together and get it focused and be really prepared for next Saturday because the competition is going to be fierce. Um, we want to go back and defend our
4: title.
3: Yeah. When you say you want to get into the horse's head, so there's a horse over there that you've sourced that is going to be your horse for the duration of the competition. What do you mean by that? Can you, you know, you're a horsewoman all your life. Do you, you can do this. You can get into the horse's head.
7: Yeah. I Well, I believe I can. I yeah. have to make a connection with the horse and instilling her that she's the best horse there. So, I have to ride her with uh, unbelievable confidence so that she can perform to the best she, to her ability.
3: Yeah. What about the core, Susan? What are you talking about? It's a, are you going back into the 2.5 furlong sprint? That's that's the one, that's the category you're champions of.
7: Yeah, so the sprint race is, yeah, the 2.5 furlong, or like two and a half furlongs. Sprint race, so that's on the, in a straight line, right. and I'm riding um, a quarter horse. So they're famous for running over a quarter mile. Um, the power of the takeoff and their speed over that distance is incredible. Mm. Um, so I look forward to the sprint race. Then we have an obstacle race, we have an alpine lounge race, um, a long jump race, and yeah, or a relay race.
3: Okay, and are oh, they yeah. are they all races. individual events, or do they come together to create an overall champion?
7: So, I the way it is, there's a few. There will be teams that will do the whole five. Yeah. So there are individual races, but then there's an overall.
3: Okay. Okay, so you can win a title within each of those categories and then be yeah. crowned overall winner as well. Barry, I'm just thinking there, the, the the sprint is fine, you know what I mean? Because for our listeners today, we just picture water skiing we have the boat in front and the guy behind on the skis. It's a version of this, but with a horse and you at the back on skis on snow. Uh, the sprint is fine because there's tension on the, on the rope of the connection all the way, but those other ones must be a real challenge, are they, Barry, when it's stop-start sort of?
2: Well, yeah, the obstacle course, I suppose, is maybe the most challenging. Yeah. Well, actually, I I found that the long jump the most challenging because I'm, I've, I've been skiing before. I'm, I'm not a... I know Eddie the Eagle. I know <laughs> uh, I don't do jumping. I, do, I try and keep the keys on the soap. But, um, yeah, the, the obstacle course is quite a challenge here because it, it's there's little mini jumps and humps and you're up. You have to collect... Um, there's rings on the course on the way around and you have to try and collect all the rings. If you miss a ring, you get a time penalty. So... The aim of the game there is to collect all the rings, get around the course as quickly as you can and uh, get a good time.
3: So you're ready to go, you're up for the challenge Barry, you're happy, you've done as much preparation as you can. Can you bring this title back to Ireland again Barry? Why not? Why not? Yeah, well look we're we're
2: a little bit wiser going into it uh, this time. I think we're we're as prepared as we can be uh, with all the challenges that we have but um, yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, let's let's be competitive. Like I've, like I'm one of the best horsewomen in the in the country, mm. uh, riding the horse. So like all I have to do is stay up and hang on, as I said. <laughs> and uh, hopefully we can hopefully can we can do a repeat performance.
3: And Susan, I'm sure you ooze with confidence anyway. But as Barry says, there you're a world record holder, Guinness World Record holder. You've achieved an awful lot in the sport. But you're a miracle woman as well because you're really told that. You you shouldn't really be up on a horse, weren't you?
7: Yeah, I twice back, uh, once back in 2005, I have another immune disease. So I have um, arthritis and they told me uh, probably within two years you won't be riding a horse again. And then in 2016, I had a brain injury and they told me I wouldn't ride a horse again. So I'm very grateful that I'm able to compete at the top level. In whatever equestrian discipline um, I take on.
3: So you're wearing the green of gold of me, both of you, and the green of Ireland, and you go with confidence, and you are the champions. Oh, wouldn't it be great, Susan? Come on to win it again. Wouldn't it be something? Yes. Yeah.
6: Oh.
7: Is it really unbelievable? Like it's amazing even to think of to, that we're taking part in such a a, a crazy uh, sport. Um, and now to go back and hopefully regain
3: our title. Oh, I just hope you do. So you're going out a day ahead of uh, Barry and you're following on then, Barry?
2: Yes, we're, Susan
3: flies on Wednesday and I, I fly on Thursday. So. Uh, uh, great, and the event, Susan, is when? Is it Saturday or Sunday next weekend? Yeah, it's Saturday. Saturday, all day Saturday. The races are all on the Saturday. Yeah, it must be beautiful over there with all the snow and calorie. It's a lovely part of the world, isn't it?
7: Yeah, it's oh, it's absolutely fabulous. Like I've been lucky enough to, to be over to ride in the Calgary Stampede during the summer and now to go back to take part in the ski tour during the winter and see all the snow.
3: Well, look, you're great, folk, and uh, you've worked hard for this. We wish you well, and we'll be keeping a good eye on Saturday to see how you get on. And I wish you all the very best, and I do hope you bring back the bacon. Good luck to you both, Susan Oaks and Barry O'Brien Lynch. Thank you very much. Not at all. Take care, Barry. Thanks for joining me today. Bye-bye. What a wonderful couple they are. They really are fantastic indeed. Now, I forgot to do something that I'm going to do now and see can you help me with it. Uh, We do on Mondays on the show our misplaced nunciation and I'm going to give it to you now. Are you ready? Listen up. Can you pronounce this place? It's in County Mead this week. I'm going to spell it for you. Let's see. Can you give this one a go for us? Are you ready? S-T-A-H-O-L-M-O-G. That's the place name that people mispronounce, mispronounce. Uh, It's not easy to get your choppers round. Here we go again. Will I spell it for you? It's a place in County Mead. It's our Monday misplaced pronunciation on late lunch. Have a listen. S-T-A-H-O-L-M-O-G. How do you say that word? S-T-A-H-O-L-M-O-G. M O G. It's in County Mead. Please pronounce it for me. WhatsApp me now. Send us in a wee voicer. 086 1800 658. Will you send it in to me? Send me in. Pronounce it for me. Is there anyone out there listening to us today in S T A H. O-L-M-O-G <laughs> If you are, let us know too because you will know how to say it. But it's not easy to say that place name in County Meath. Come on, let's be hearing from you. 086-1800 658. WhatsApp a voice or to us and we'll see how you get on. I read this message that's just arrived in by WhatsApp. Hi Jerry, love listening to your show. I just wanted to highlight a difficulty uh, we've had for the past 10 days. My 22 year old went to a and in Drahada, sat for 24 hours with numbness down her right side, got to see the doctor bloods were taken and all perfect but on our referral letter it said urgent bloods and lower lumbar scan. The AE doc said your bloods are fine, perfect, you can go home We have private health so we rang the Swift Care and they said you're welcome to come uh, up to uh, see us but the doctor there would more than likely send you back to Drogheda for an MRI So here we are 10 days later nothing happening and that numbness is still there. Rang our own doctor this morning and she said you may go to Beaumont to see the consultant but that's not until March the 14th that's quite a while away my daughter is in her last five months Teaching, uh, going to secondary school this morning, uh, still numb. I don't know, Jerry, what to do uh, as bringing her back uh, to go in there and sit waiting. She can't miss any more days as uh, she is inspectors coming to her school to assess her. So it's difficult for her to miss time from school. Just wanted to highlight what's going on. Thanks, Jerry. That comes in from Mary, a worried mum. I can understand why you're worried and I'd be truly concerned about The situation there, and to be honest with you, I wouldn't accept not uh, being examined thoroughly and fully now. And I'd go and do anything I had to do to make sure that happened ASAP. I really would. Uh, I wouldn't wait until the 14th of March. No way from today. Not a chance. Go back down and raise the roof and make sure that a young woman is see- seen as soon as possible. And really, she should be seen. Numbness is not right in the side of your body. But I would go back, get onto the GP again. If You yeah, have to go back to the hospital and raise the roof. Go and do that. That's my philosophy. Don't sit back. If you sit back, you'll be ignored. you got to go back there, Mary, and make it happen. Go and do that, please and uh, get that done as soon as possible and if there's anyone listening hospital wise that can help there or medically wise give us a shout here and we'd uh, gladly pass you on to Mary to try and get that situation attended to as soon as possible Louise are they getting it all right what's the story how are we fixed can we ever listen back to some people who've had a go at pronouncing S-T-A-H-O-L-M-O-G give it a rattle there Louise will you for me thanks it's the um, that name is pronounced as Staholmog. Oh, go on. Have you another one there for me? Staholmog. Yeah, very good. Anymore? There's loads of them. Staholmog
5: in Carlinstown.
3: What do you think of that one, Louise? What do you think of that one just now? What would you say? Is that spot on?
5: I'd say it's spot on.
3: Have you got the others there yeah. that gave it a go? Will you give that other well, one that we have well. there? Let's hear to another few. And we've another few people here who have given it a go as well. Let's have a lash at it. Staholmog. <laughs> Staholmog. Staholmog. Uh, staholmog. Staholmog? Staholmog. 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 <laughs> <laughs> There's a mix in there, isn't there? Yeah, There's I think some. It's
5: where little- you put the stresses on the.
3: Uh, yeah, uh, where you put it mm. on it, uh, but you'd have to say that's still coming in to me there. You're that's, so kind. Yeah. Thanks to everybody who sent in there. Most what we've just been getting in the last few minutes as well have been on the on the money, haven't they? They have. They have. Been. I don't
5: think I've come across in the last few minutes anybody that's wrong.
3: Oh, isn't that really mm-hmm. good? So go on, you pronounce it as a maid woman for me.
5: I would have said Stahlmug.
3: Can I say it? Mm-hmm. Stahlmug.
5: Stahlmug.
3: Am I yeah. all right? Am I all right with that? Stahlmug. You pronounce the hall, is it?
5: Yeah, I would anyway.
3: Let me say it again. Stahalmog. Yeah. Is that better? I would say that. I'm getting nearer. so it's... I might
5: be wrong, but I would say that's the right way to do it.
3: How are we doing? Anyone out there living in Stahalmog or Stahalmog or, Staholmog or st- whatever you like to, I'm sure they get some weird pronunciations when people call. Where is it near? If you go There's cross, a shop
5: and a petrol station there. Is that it? Yeah.
3: So if I go to Slane and I swing right at the castle gates and then swing left for Kilberry Cross, do I go to Kilberry Cross?
5: Yes, yeah, so go through Kilberry Cross, Cross. Heading for Kells. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, and it's out there, is it? Yeah, on yeah, the right on hand, the Kells hand Kells side. Road. Is it that little? Uh,
5: I think it's kind of between Kells and more so between Kells and Oristown. Right, might, there
3: you go. Staholmug. Oh, I think I have it now. Staholmug. I, I think I'll get. I'll think i pass me exam on that one there. <laughs> we we'll have to get it. Like they're they're
5: getting too good for us, Terry.
3: They're getting too good. we we'll are not to foxing them. Find
5: no. a really. Oh, we'll hard find another. Place.
3: one. We'll find another difficult place to name for you next Monday and and really test your metal with that one there. But uh, yeah, they're coming in. Do you want to try another one there? we just see is there anyone in the just and the last few there that have come in? Do you mm-hmm. want to click one there and see? Can we have a listen? Are we on the ball? Let's I'll go. Try this one. Staholmog is the name on the radio show today. Thank you. And and that lady, (laughs) our our gentleman there, whoever it is, said to us uh, Staholmog with the hol as well, pronouncing the H-O-L in it as well. So you're right, Louise, there you see local knowledge in the Royal County. That's uh, what uh, makes all the difference. So today on Late Lunch, our misplaced pronunciation: S-T-A-H-O-L-M-O-G, is to Hullmog to get it 100% right. <laughs> Hi, Louise. There you are. You're a fan clubber. aren't you there again as well by message. Hi, Louise. Uh, it's on the Carlinstown. What's that? AR road. Yeah, Carlinstown road there. So there you go. That's exactly where it is. Now, just a quick message for you. Come in from Tony O'Brien, secretary of the Mead Supporters Club. Hello, Tony. Um, this Sunday is the big game, Louise. Loud against Mead.
5: <gasps> Is it? Is yes. Okay? Well,
3: mead against Louth, I should say, in Park Talton this Sunday in National Football League Division Two. Mead murdered on Saturday night by yeah, Derry. Hammered. murdered, arse kicked out of the ground in and Derry. Am I
5: wrong in saying that Louth only were beaten by Derry by one point? Oh, or very two? close it yeah.
3: was. And Louth mm. won yesterday. Louth were hanging on yesterday against Limerick, but won and have the two points. So mead the four points in the table. Two wins. Louth have a win now under the belt. It's going to be a testy encounter in Park Talton next Sunday. But back to Tony O'Brien and mm. Fairjuice to a Mead Supporters Club Uh, they're doing a collection uh, next Sunday in the ground there'll be a bucket collection in the ground but if you park and when you park uh, there'll be a charge on the parking next Sunday and all the parking money and all the bucket collection money uh, gathered inside the grounds is going to the Turkish Syrian Earthquake Disaster Fund Well done. I love that. Thank you so much indeed. That's a wonderful gesture. So anyone going along next Sunday of your park, you pay, you're supporting the earthquake victims and there will be a bucket collection inside the ground as well. And people are asked to give uh, generously to that one there. I really, really love it. I was at the, the League People of the Year Awards on Saturday night, Louise. In uh, Oh, great tournament. Packed house. Sharon Kogan, What a show she runs. Absolutely brilliant. And I just want to say congratulations to all the nominees who were winners. Everyone nominated was a winner in the, and then the overall winners as well. Well done to all concerned. I would we'll be joined by one of the winners on late lunch tomorrow afternoon to have a chat with her. Wonderful story she has indeed. But it was a great old night. And, you know, those... Events mean so much to the community. See you know what I mean? To the Leek and District mm-hmm. community. You could just see it there. People were delighted. It's nice to be recognised. And to get isn't the it? recognition and the acknowledgement was absolutely wonderful. So it was. so it was a great evening had by all. And I really enjoyed being there and being asked back again uh, to work with Sharon and the crew there. It was just great. And a big mention as well to Caroline Kavanagh, who gave me great assistance on Saturday, too.
4: Five, four, three, two... Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear.
2: And today it's...
3: Yes, I'm going back to this week in 1988 and the number five on the charts on this very day. Well, it was first recorded by Tommy James and the Shondells back in 1967 and it reached number four then on the US Hot 100. Now, it's been covered several times since, but the woman who had the biggest hit with it was certainly a young woman. She was only 15 years of age at the time and her name was Tiffany. Do you remember her? Yes, she was 15 when she re-recorded this song. She didn't want to, uh, but her team advised her to record it and put it on her debut album simply called Tiffany and it was a good call by everyone around her and she lived to love it I can tell you because it spent two weeks at number one in the USA and three weeks at number one in the UK but this week in 1988 it was dropping down the charts and it was number five here it is Tiffany and a big big hit from yesteryear number five in my top five countdown this week from 1988 Tiffany and I think we're alone now God Louise I hope we're not alone (laughs) if we are in trouble <laughs> when the next Jane and Laura's come out <laughs> uh, pancakes now let's come back I just want a minute to come back to the pancakes don't buy that stuff ready made are you listening to me yeah. now look at a simplistic version I will just Granny tell you
5: Granny Baker or something it's called isn't it? <laughs> can't remember the name
3: listen two eggs mm. alright two eggs for five people well no if you're doing five, half a dozen eggs then. Okay. six eggs <laughs> about a pint and a half of liquid you need, which would be a pint of milk and say a half a pint of water, right? So roughly, I'm only giving you roughly here. Mm -hmm. Good pinch of salt in there as well. And then flour, plenty of flour. I'll go back, I'll tell you the the ingredients this evening. I'll pass them to lots of flour. So what you do is then put your flour in the bowl Fire your eggs in, whip them all together. It's a bit sticky. It's very sticky when you do that. And then gradually add the liquid slowly and you'll get it into a nice consistency. Then your bit of salt in and let it rest. You don't, overnight, I'm not mad about it overnight, but if you left it for 20 minutes, half an hour, it's grand and give it another store again. Out with the pan, up to high heat, a little butter, just coat the pan, only you know, slightly with the butter, right? And nearly wipe it with a tissue and lower the heat to medium and just get a ladle and ladle on, you know, an, an average size pan, a ladle, and it'll be a nice thin pancake and leave it for a few minutes and then flip it and it's cooked on both sides. Now, the can first. You do
5: them in the air fryer. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> or in the oven. Uh, the air no. fryer, you can do everything in an air fryer
3: can't cook pancakes (laughs) unless you buy that bullshit that's ready made in in something else but anyway (laughs) I'll reheat them anyway the first pancake is always a disaster remember that I don't know why it is I want somebody to tell me that but the first pancake is never right but then when you settle in on the medium heat you just work away with them what's your favourite topping
5: oh uh, lemon and sugar
3: (laughs) me too I just think there's nothing else like it anyway (laughs) That's just my little uh, tutorial on pancakes okay. for you today. She, she, she's I'll video she, it in no, no. She, she's listening. up at five she, o'clock. She's, she's listened and she's away to the shop afterwards to buy the tub of ready-made stuff. I know it. Don't do it. Do your own this time round, please. Do that, <laughs> Matt to me.
5: Crocker. I think that's the name. oh of it. for
3: God's sake, Betty Crocker.
5: <laughs> that's it. Yeah, Maybe I'm getting all mixed. Betty today. Crocker is what, I'm what I'm it is.
3: Forget about it. Anyway, we will resume our
5: pancake. I'll take a video of it in the morning. i send it to you.
3: Okay, we will resume our pancake Carnage. discussion tomorrow. I'll bring in a few I'm going to make a few before the show tomorrow I'll bring them in fresh
5: I'll bring in mine too
3: Will you? Yeah <laughs> Go on Do that Will we do that tomorrow? No, you're committing on the airways uh, yeah, today I know
5: I know I might need three hours off in the morning to clean no, no, up you after me. No
3: you won't No you won't No nonsense So Louise is going to bring in the her version everywhere. of a pancake and I'm going to bring in my version and we'll do an old taste test The first panca- see what
5: pancake
3: or the second one The second one Okay All right That's it for tomorrow. Anyway, we still have business to do today because uh, waiting to chat to us is Grania Maguire because she did the scripts for the BAFTAs last night. Yes, she did. Stay with us. The royals will slaughter loud on Sunday, says Paula. Well, we'll see, Paula. We'll just take note of that today and keep it handy for next Monday. John says the first pancake, yes, Cherry, is usually a disaster, but it's always eaten. It certainly is, John. Oh, don't waste, don't waste and a crumb of a pancake. Anyway, last evening the Baptist, huge Irish interest, and the Banshees of Inishirin picking up Best Supporting Actress, Actor, and original screenplay but i'd say they were disappointed to be honest with you with what they got from the baftas because the big winner was all quiet on the western front but it's not quiet when it comes to a young woman from county mead because she's brilliantly funny she lives in london and she joins me again on the show Grania Maguire, good afternoon
1: hi Jerry. How are you?
3: I am really good and all the better for having you on Late Lunch with me today. But tell them, please tell them, we didn't know this. You played a huge part in the BAFTAs.
1: Well, you know, Irish people, we were represented, you know, in the talent, but we were also there backstage. Because um, I I was writing the lines. <laughs> I was writing the, the introductions for all the, the guest presenters this year so it was off for fun Wow how did you get this gig? God um, so a few years back this is my fourth year in a row doing it uh, BAFTA were doing this big push to get more female talent behind um, you know working on the show and I'm very good friends with this incredible Irish comedy writer and actor called Brona Titley and she put my name forward for it and I started writing on it and they asked so far I've been
3: able to get rid of me, so <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> <laughs> why would they get rid of a talent like you when we listen to the people presenting and they they just do a great job, but yet it's you that have fed those words into them. So, um Mr. Grant was reading your scripts. Well, no, so uh Richie Grant's the whole script. That's
1: written by sort of a separate team. So that this year was written by this, these comedy writers called the Dawson Brothers. But okay. When e- Jamie Lee Curtis or Ah, um, yes, Blanchett and um, you know Brian Cox, when they come out to present the different categories, okay, you know that somebody has to write their bits, and that that's my job for the evening.
3: Good, Anya. So, but but then you're involved from the start to the finish of the show because with every award, the, there's one or two come out to present. It's you. They're your lines that you've written for them, and of course, in those lines, there's a serious side to the lines as well. But they always like to have a little quip and a little bit of a dig, maybe or a bit of fun. That's you, Grania Maguire. It is.
1: It's a, it's like a, it's a long process because you know weeks before the show actually starts you you kind of find out okay this actor is going to present this award but yeah. then it changes quite a bit so you you kind of on the day itself you're just sort of tweaking and making sure that everybody has their lines and are happy with their lines and you know that everything goes as planned
3: so you have to be on the ball, in other words, you're saying to me. Even though you might prepare in advance and put some uh, words together, it always can be tweaked when you come nearer to the day itself. God, it's a, it's a big job, isn't it? Every year, like, looking after all the presenters of awards. And I'll tell you one thing, you're doing a fine job. I'm not surprised you're back. You know, four years in a row and you'll be back again next year, I'm sure.
1: Oh, I hope so. I. It's very good. It's very, it's so. Strange because you know, you kind of you're sat at home and you're just thinking because you know, you want you know, there are some awards that they don't mind. You can have a bit of laugh, yeah, you know, a a jokey thing in the intro, but then there are some awards, you know, you have to be respectful of this is the highlight of some of these. The highlights somebody's life, like this is people's career, decades, and this is their moment. So you have to. It's sort of like it. Yeah, it's you have to get the line right. Where obviously it can't be somber, otherwise nobody's watches. But you mm. know, you can have jokey bits, but then there's other bits. Yes, so you have to be respectful. This is like, you know, the 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 culmination of you know of so much hard work for somebody. So yeah, you have to. Yeah, the, the
3: tone right. Yeah, well, you know, that's a skill in its own right, and obviously you're on the money, and they are very happy with you. What did you think in general? I thought, uh, you know, I, I mentioned at the beginning, I thought the, the Banshees might have been a little disappointed that they didn't get more. I thought Kerry Condon and Barry Kilgan's acceptance speeches were gorgeous. Oh, it was
1: Oh my God. So I was so backstage in like this little booth, and you know, obviously watching it with like the, the other team. So there's like a little booth backstage with the auto cues so the presenters can practice what they're going to say beforehand. And you know, it's mad because it's the size of like a hall basically, like into a kitchen. It's not very big. And you're stood there, and like Patrick Stewart is a foot away from you. And all oh, well, while this was going on, I was like watching the awards, and every time. You know, an Irish person won. I'd be shouting at the top of my voice and then be like, you know, you're not supposed to be like, like you care the way who wins. But I could, I was so happy and I just, it was so fabulous to see Kerry and to see um, Barry get the awards. And, you know, like, I mean, it's the bastards and it's, you know, British films and they tend to kind of like, more traditional stuff like war films and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just the flavor of, you know, what they I I think that they like. But I just think the fact that they did so well and they were so you could hear, you know, when any of the Banshee um, nominees were announced, there was such a big roar from the audience. Mm. There was such like goodwill for the film and yes. it was, you know, you could tell how how respected the what they made was by everybody else in the industry so it was really I felt really happy for
3: them Yeah and I think then you know when you do reflect on All Quiet in the Western Front a marvellous film as well foreign movie uh, and the theme it dealt with uh, no surprise that it came out with seven awards last night and of course Oscars to come now and let's see how the Banshee Fair is there it's in the mix yet again the theatre uh, of course Prince William was there uh, and his wife and all the dignitaries oh god the glamour and glitz it must be something else grown yet
1: it's just you know it's fabulous it's 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 a lot of hard work and loads of people are you know behind the scenes for weeks and weeks and weeks but it is the night itself it's just fabulous to see you know these it's just so surreal to be standing like a few feet away from Kate Blanchett or Catherine zeta Jones you're just like oh my god (laughs) and it's just it's just so gorgeous because I just think I know like there's a lot of like things going on in the world that, you know, are dreadful and it's good that, you know, that you think about it and, you know, you want to, you know, there's a lot of, of things going on. But it's. I think moments like Basta Film Awards and stuff, you need that as well. It just, you just kind of, you have to have that as well. Yes. And I just think it's, it's, sometimes it's just nice to see really talented, gorgeous people in nice dresses
3: having a nice time. Ah, for sure. Indeed it is. It's the night of nights. Anyway, since we spoke last, congratulations, belated to yourself. You got married. I did. I got married. <laughs> <laughs> I got
1: married. I haven't taken his name. He said, I'm not allowed, so.
3: <laughs> well, you know, your name is very famous. Why would you change from Grania Maguire at all? Would. And how's it going in general for you work-wise and uh, with the comedy?
1: Oh brilliant, brilliant, plowing away, flying the tricolor <laughs> Doing my best to stay out of trouble and keep keep busy. So yeah, no,
3: grease. Fantastic. And uh, certainly the, the flag was being flied, as you said, flown last night at the uh, uh, the BAFTAs. You could hear, you're dead right, you could hear the Irish crowd there and the support for the movie, uh, uh, above all else. And it was a real warm reception uh, for it too. Anyway, good on you. There you are, Grania Maguire from the Royal County, an integral part of the speechifying at the BAFTAs again this year and did a fantastic job, may I say. Great Aww. to talk to you. Thank you okay take care bye now bye Grania. that's Grania Maguire there and uh, we finish off our Monday late lunch with Grania. thank you so much for joining us on the show this afternoon again tomorrow we're looking ahead uh, to uh, having a chat with our veteran Kelly Barbara Kill was a lovely story uh, job major job change during the pandemic and is she flying now and Don McGrady is with us to talk about the launch of the T4MND and more besides Besides, Eddie Caffrey is on his way here on LMFM Radio with The Drive. Stay with us. Have a lovely Monday evening. Get ready for the pancakes. Pancake Tuesday. Tomorrow we'll be uh, doing the pancake challenge here on Late Lunch. Looking forward to it. I love them. I really do. Anyway, have a nice evening. See you Tuesday for Late Lunch at 1.30. Bye.